because we have such a hope, we are very bold. Last week, the kids spent four nights talking about being bold for Christ. This morning I want to share with you that vital message the kids heard last week, but also they're going to have a few of my own thoughts mixed in, I guess. Before we go any further, though, we have to define this hope. The verse that I just quoted is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, and that's exactly what it says. Because we have such a hope, we are very bold. Or having such a hope, we use great boldness. What is this hope? What is Paul talking about? Hope for Paul is not wishful thinking. Hope is supreme confidence in God's word and work. This hope for Paul changes everything. The hope is so sure that it transforms and transcends life in the present. What is this hope? This hope that he's talking about. We, the hope is we serve in a ministry of the Holy Spirit that makes hearts receptive to God. We have a ministry of righteousness that justifies and cleanses sinners and a ministry that will abide forever. A ministry that is even greater than the ministry of Moses who was allowed to see God from behind. And because we have this ministry... We can be bold. <coughs> boldness. What does it mean to be bold? At camp this week, boldness was described in this way. They gave us, of course, a four-letter acronym. And the first one was B. Because Christ goes behind, beside, and before us, we can be bold in our faith. We do not attempt these things alone. That's the, the first key that they wanted the kids to understand on Thursday as we got there is that all this stuff about boldness doesn't mean anything if the boldness is simply us trying to do it in our own strength. We are not bold on our own. We are not bold because of who we are. We are bold because Christ has already put in the work. We are bold because Christ has gone behind us, beside us, and He goes before us. We are bold through the power of the Spirit that indwells us. We do not attempt these things alone. Our boldness does not come from within ourselves. We are not bold as much as Christ who surrounds us is bold. The boldness of which Paul speaks is a boldness that doesn't come from his own strength or from his own pride. It's a boldness that comes from the fact that Christ has already put in the work. I don't have to put in the work because Jesus put in the work. And he's called us to just step out follow and function in the boldness given to us by Jesus. He doesn't call us to go out and practice being bold. He just says just do it. Yes. We have this hope. We have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose if you truly believe what the Bible says. You have nothing to lose if you want to share that truth with your neighbor. You have nothing to lose. You can lose if you don't share that faith. You can lose that relationship in heaven because they may not make it there. The loss can only come when we don't function in our boldness. I wish the lines hadn't been so long at the zipline at camp because it was the perfect teaching moment for this. Because at the zipline, you have to get up there and you're strapped in and you have to just kind of fall. And trust that that thing's going to hold you as you sit across there. 
Just got to do it. Now, the line was so long because kids got up there and didn't want to do it. And so they would spend 10 or 15 minutes talking the kid into, it's okay, just step off, just lean out, just go off. You have to be willing to evolve to experience the rush. And the same is true for our faith. To experience the boldness Christ wants in our faith, we have to be willing to step out and just do it. I know that might be trademarked by Nike, but we've got to do that. We're just going to step out and get it done. I mean, if we don't step out and function in that boldness, we're never going to know the boldness. Because Jesus will stand us up. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is over there in the book of Acts. When Peter and, and, and John healed that man and they said they were normal guys who were speaking with such boldness. And they couldn't understand it. They had the boldness of Christ. They had the boldness of the Spirit. We have to be willing to step out. So be, because Christ goes behind us, beside us, and before us, we can be bold in our faith. But oh, by being bold, we can overcome the obstacles in life. <coughs> Jesus was the ultimate overcomer. He overcame sin. He overcame death. And through His Spirit, we can be overcomers. We learned on that day that Peter failed Jesus when he needed him most. The kids learned that, you know, Jesus had told Peter that you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. He had warned him of that, and Peter sure enough did it. He did that, and he messed up. But Jesus loved him anyway and restored him after the resurrection. He came and met him at the seashore and asked him three times, Do you love me? Peter overcame his fears. Peter overcame his doubts. Peter overcame his lack of obedience to become a leader in the church. To become one who stood up on the day of Pentecost when everybody was going, these people are drunk. Can you imagine? If somebody walked in here and said, you are all out of your minds, you're drunk. And for somebody, he just stood up and he said, no, listen, we're not drunk. We hadn't been drinking. It's not late enough in the day yet. He said, the Holy Spirit is moving. And he preached a sermon that day. The same guy who just a few weeks before had cowered when the servant girl asked him, were you one of his? Stood up in the middle of the streets of Jerusalem and preached a sermon. And thousands of people came to know Jesus. Peter overcame his fears. He overcame those things. And like Peter, if we rely on Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we can overcome even the biggest of setbacks in life. We can overcome and Jesus will move in our lives. Be an overcomer. L. Jesus leads us. <laughs> we can only be bold if we're led by Jesus. We found out this day that Jesus called His disciples to be more than what they used to be. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You used to fish for fish, which makes sense. But now you're going to fish for people, which no one had ever heard of. I'm calling you to be more. I'm calling you to step out. I'm going to transform your vocation. And we found out even more. Jesus calls us to be more. He leads us to love our enemies and pray for those who hurt us. Man, and God was great this week at camp because He kept giving us these little opportunities to learn these things. On the day that we're learning to pray for those who hurt us, if you ever go to camp, there's a race to the chow line. Okay. 
And churches will send scouts. Yeah, this is like being in the army, really it is. You send scouts to stake out your spot in line. And then your whole church just meets you there and get in line. Well, one day, we had a group of our boys, including Shiloh, who got there a little bit early. And they were waiting in line. And somebody else, some adult, came in and said, Well, no, just because you're here doesn't mean your church gets to get here. You gotta go back in line. They were hurt. They were upset. And they were mad. And I said, Guys, it's okay. What did we learn today? So love your enemies and pray for those who hurt you. I don't want to. I know you don't want to. But that's what Jesus calls us to do, because He calls us to be more. He leads us to be more. We can't accomplish that if we're not following Jesus. Because in that moment, even me, I wanted to say, who is it? <laughs> I knew who it was. I thought I knew who it was. We shared a cabin with him last year. So I think I knew who it was. And I wanted to say, where is it? Let me talk to him. And I said, no. Jesus said, this is a good opportunity. So we moved back. We moved back by quite a bit in that line. We moved from like third place in line to about 12th place in line. And it was a hurtful thing. But by leading and following Jesus, by His lead, we could find that we're led to have boldness and to live countercultural, to rise above our pain, to love those who wish us harm. Those are the things Jesus calls us to. And we can't do that on our own. We can't do that by ourselves. Because I guarantee you, I want to go with the flow sometimes. I just want to do what everybody else is doing. It's, it's easier, right? It's easier when my friends just, just think like me. It's easier when we don't rock the boat. It's easier. But that's not what Jesus calls us to. Jesus leads us. And that's one of the lessons that they taught the kids this week, was that to be bold, we have to be led by Jesus. But D, Jesus disciples us so we can disciple others. <laughs> On the last full day of camp, campers learned that even the men who had been with Jesus and saw miracles and heard his teachings had their doubts and views. Clayton, our speaker, spoke on that scene in Mark where Jesus is in the boat asleep on the cushion and the disciples are rowing and the storm is coming. They're terrified. And he just kind of wakes up and peace be still and he rebukes the wind and the waves and it all gets calm. And what did the disciples say? Who is this man? that even the wind and the waves obeyed him. They had seen him feed 5,000 people with a couple of fish and a little bit of bread. They had seen him heal people. They had seen him cast out demons. They had seen all these things, but they still, in that moment, had their doubts. They were just crying, because Jesus could do something. I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe he can help us row, but they cried out because they had their doubts. We saw that. Who is this man? And then we saw Thomas doubt the truth of Jesus' resurrection. Because he hadn't seen it. He needed to see to believe. But Jesus promised that those who believe without seeing will be truly blessed. And that's where we come in. Because we didn't see. We have to believe without seeing. And then they gave us our charge. Matthew 28, 19. Go into all the nations and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when I read that at camp, I thought, didn't I just talk about that last Sunday? Hmm. Our job is to make more disciples. 
That's the thought we left the students with. You have a ministry. You have a ministry. And Clayton told a story of a little girl who was at one of his, his speaking engagements and asked for some things that he was giving out so that she could pack a bag because much like the shoebox, she did her own little backpack ministry that she sent to missionaries overseas. And she was eight years old. And she said, well, can I, can I get that? That would work good in my ministry. And he said, what do you mean your ministry? You're eight years old. Well, and she explained it. He thought, I've been telling this girl all week long that she has a ministry. And when she comes to me, I doubt it. Well, now that girl's in her early 20s, and she's off on a trip in Africa and took like 70 backpacks with her to hang down along the way. And that, that's her calling in life. That's her ministry. We left that idea with those these children this week that you have a ministry. Just because you're young doesn't mean you don't have a ministry. Because we have this hope, we are very bold. Paul doesn't say we should be or, or can be. He says we are. For Paul, boldness in the Christian walk was a given. It wasn't an option. He didn't say because we have this hope, you should be bold. He said, no, you are bold. Because you have the hope you are bold. You should want to say it. You should want to spit it out. You should want to tell these people these things. It wasn't a buffet of Christian things to do. I think sometimes we turn that, that into church into that. Here's this buffet. And you pick what you want on the buffet. That's what we're going to call Christianity today. I want this kind of music. I want this kind of preaching. I want this kind of service. Uh, I like these verses. These make me uncomfortable, so those are mushrooms. I'm not going to touch those. And that's how sometimes we treat it. But that's not what Paul says here. He doesn't say this is buffet options. He says, because we have this hope, we're very bold. It's not we should be. He says we are. Because of this hope. This hope makes us bold. Boldness should be a natural byproduct of walking with Jesus. You can't help but be bold walking with Jesus. I'll tell you all a little story now. Um, I had a rough few years when I was two years. When I was in my late teens, um, and uh, there was a time when my mom and dad were going through the divorce and. Dad wanted me to believe rumors about mom and not about him, and I couldn't handle that. And my mom got into some issues at my sister's little boyfriend's house. And when I got there to their house that night, because I was called, the sheriff's department was there. And my osteoporosis-ridden mother had been tackled to the ground by the sheriff's deputy. Um, and I thought I was tough. Until my daddy got there. So when my daddy got there, everything changes. Because when, when you're with someone who has power, you kind of feel that power, right? You ever watch Lion King? The old line, the, the original, the cartoon Lion King, not this atrocity that is the live action. Like, no. Okay. Um, there is that time when Simba has disobeyed, and he is in the elephant graveyard, 
In the hiatus of there, I'm fixing to eat these two cut lines. And he doesn't, he doesn't have a roller. He's a little bitty cat. But he starts going, Daddy shows up behind him. Mufasa shows up. Ooh, Mufasa. Ooh, man! And that was the same time that Simba, uh, Simba thought, man, look what I just did. <laughs> That's the boldness of Jesus following, flowing through us. We should know we can because Jesus has given it to us. It's, 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 not a, it's not a should be. It's a, it's a natural byproduct. The ability to stand against the cultural grain and do things that don't feel natural should be a natural byproduct of walking with Jesus. Because we have this boldness because the veil has been removed from our hearts and our minds. When we go further in this passage, we have this talk about Moses. And the fact that when Moses came down from the mountain, he glowed. The glory of the Lord had rubbed off on him. And he glowed. And so he had to wear a veil because the people went, Oh, Moses! That's too bright. And so he wore a veil. But we have that same glory within us. And it's not going to fade. We had that same glory. We aren't like Moses who had to hide God's glory. It exists within us. It isn't something we have to behold from afar. It isn't what we fear. The truth has been uncovered for those who know Jesus. It says we are going from glory to glory. Whew. An ever-increasing glory. That our lives should be changed and changing. We don't stop. Our ministry, our relationship, our message will never fade away. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter that you get on the internet and they want to disprove Christianity. They want to tell you that God's not real or whatever else they're trying to tell you. It doesn't matter because we have this hope that gives us an assurance so we can be bold because the veil is no longer on our hearts or our minds. We know the truth. And we can stand firm against culture and say, no, that's wrong. That's not what the Bible says. I will not go there. We are called to be bold. What's stopping you from being bold for Jesus today? One of my favorite quotes from that video right before was, if you don't talk about Jesus, you might not love Him half as much as you think you do. Oh, that is tough. You ever met somebody in love? Woo! I'm like, shut up. I don't want to hear about her anymore. <laughs> We're talking about her. Because when you're in love, what do you do? You talk and you talk. Oh, she's so pretty. <laughs> she's, she's so great. He's got big, big arms. Oh, I love his biceps. Mm, oh, he's great. Oh, he opens the door for me. And you talk about him all the time. If we really love Jesus, we would talk about Jesus. I mean, I get up here and I know my kids later on are going to go, you always talk about me, Dad. But, you know, I talk about my kids in the sermon. Why? Because I love my kids. They're my world. Everything that we experience, we experience together and I love them. And I can't help but talk about people that I love. You know, when, when, I, when I go places and people, you know, I got to go to a family gathering yesterday. Somebody I've never met before. Extended family. Way extended. And uh, asked where we lived, told him. So, do you drive in to work? And I said, no. So now I got to talk about y'all. Because I love y'all. You talk about people you love. If you love Jesus, you're going to talk about Jesus. You can't help but talk about Jesus if you love Jesus, because he's there. 
And He saved you. And He's given you a hope. And He's given you a future. And He, and he, and he took away all the ugliness of the past. Man, if you're not talking about that, there's something wrong. What's keeping you from being bold today? What's keeping you from taking that step and being the bold person that God has called you to be? Maybe this morning you've been wondering that same thing. Maybe you want to be bold this morning. Maybe you're ready to say, I want to be bold. I'm ready to step out and say, I'll talk about Jesus to everybody I meet. I've told you before, a pastor in Brownwood, he and I didn't get along all the time, but man, I respected that guy because every time he met somebody, he talked about Jesus. He'd get in an elevator. What did most of us do in an elevator? What floor? That man would get in the elevator. He'd push his button. He'd wait till the door closed. He'd say, do you know about Jesus? The man was bold. He spoke about Jesus because he loved Jesus. Maybe this morning that's what you want. Now's the time to come out and say, I want to be bold. God will, God will take you. He'll turn your life around. You know what the song's been saying? Pick me up. <laughs> turn me around. He can do that. Okay. Yes. That's what we can do. Maybe this morning you have something to do. Maybe you just want to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you will to missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you don't have boldness because you don't have Jesus. Now's the time. Come on, Alistair, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus, and so we'll go from there. Wherever you're at, wherever you need. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you. We praise you for your blessing.